Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter Working with Others, and we are on page 100, the second paragraph starting with when working with the man and his family, reading through that one paragraph, ending with the blessed fact of his sobriety. Today's readers are Susan H. reading the text, Danny P. reading page 164, uh, Chris W. reading the 12 steps, Morgan K. reading the traditions. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. meeting, August 14th, 2023, is 20,335. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,336. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Chris W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, this is Chris W. from Nashville, Chris with a K. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol or food, and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, and continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. 
Thank you, Chris. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Morgan Kay from Manitoba, Canada. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Morgan. Today's share ID for Tuesday, August 15th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,538. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Reread a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the chapter Working with Others, and we are on page 100 the second paragraph, when working with a man and his family through the paragraph ending with the blessed fact of his sobriety. Comments on this one sentence only. And I will now ask Susan S.H. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in St. Mary's, Ohio. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. You may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do. 
but urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember when they are impatient the blessed fact of his sobriety. And working with family, I have it. But can I remember this when a 12-step fellow is hurting? Can I share this with them? Their humanness, my humanness, does not disappear. I remain human. But can they look at the blessed fact of their own sobriety? Can they see progress? Are they seeing what a miracle this is? Today, can I? Um, <clears throat> any experience, strength, and hope that may help a fellow can help me as well. So I, today, may I just reach out and be of service. I do that every day. Life will always be a period of growth as long as I keep struggling, as long as I keep the step and a higher power at the forefront. And I can continue to grow <laughs> as old as I am. And I'm so grateful for where I am. Uh, the, the fact of my sobriety, the fact I don't think about food 24-7 is still a wonderful miracle that I am just absolutely grateful for. Am I perfect? No, long way from it. But am I trudging and growing? Yes. And I pass with that. Thank you, Susan S. Eight. Okay. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Christina J. Christina J. Linda D. Linda D. Uh, can you repeat that? I didn't catch that third person's name, but okay. Elena, Barb w. I am having a really Barb hard w. time. Oh, Barb W. Gotcha. Thank you. Elena C. Elena, there you go. Elena C. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, let's start with Christina J, Linda D, Elena C, and Barb W. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. Christina J in North Carolina. Uh, in my mind, even though I've never done this um, with, I've never worked with a man's family, I know for myself that I'm indirectly working with a man's family or a woman's family, and that my sponsor is indirectly working with my family. Because when I'm in the food, I'm a mess. And as I get out of the food, uh, my family is blessed. So my family sees the difference. My husband sees the difference. I see the difference. They may not be able to put their finger on it, but something is changing. And I have to tell you that today I have blessed sobriety. I've been out 10 months, and I, I, I am now back in over a month 
and I have, I'm experiencing something that I don't know that I appreciated before, this calmness of spirit, this beauty of God connecting with me, this peace in the midst of a lot of chaos in my life. Um, and I don't pick up the food around it because food's no longer an option. Food was the solution to my emotional buildup, but it is not the solution that works for me anymore. And step one must be taken all the way, as I've heard over and over and over. I was complaining to my sponsor the last time I went out, oh, I uh, <laughs> I have this, I have that, I have the other thing. And uh, it's a step 10 issue and blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, it's a step one issue. Can't have it. It's not an option to cure your ills. It's not an option to calm your nerves. It's not an option to keep you awake. It's not an option to make it through the day. It's not an option for your pain, your fear, your loneliness, your sadness. It's not an option. And when I finally got that to my bones, it was like, all right, I get this now. And I got it before, but not like this. Blessed sobriety is a miracle. And my family benefits because I'm no longer insane. And I know that I've been insane on this line, in the food, out of the food, halfway out of the food, three quarters out of the food, (laughs) two days out of the food, a month out of the food. You know, and um, I can tell you newcomers or people that are in relapse that I forgot what this sobriety was like, this blessed grace in my life. And it's a testimony to this program. I'm so blessed today that God rained the grace down upon me to reach this place where I'm now connecting again. Because in the connection is the journey. The only place to walk the journey is in the connection with the higher power in a way that you've never walked it before once the food is out of your brain and out of your body. So keep going for that blessed sobriety and know that if you're out there sponsoring or you're being sponsored, that your sponsor is indirectly working with your family. Um, With that, I pass. I love you all. Thank you, Christina J. Next we have Linda D. followed by Elena C. Go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everybody. My name is Linda D. and I live in Central Connecticut. And I'm very blessed in many ways to be an addict in recovery. If I'm not participating in a 12-step program, I'm not active in a program in all the ways that a person is active um, using the steps, relying on God, and all of the parts of recovery, helping others, being helped by others is big. Uh, Nothing's going to happen. I can talk and talk and talk, but I'm still self-destructing. And this is a very treacherous disease. I've been in program a very, very long time. I'm in both programs, and I can tell you that years ago, we got involved with the family. And I've known families, I've been in houses, you know, homes of uh, sponsors. I've called the ambulances, all of that. Um, I like the way that it's done now. Sponsoring is done now, which is I'm a guide. I'm not a social worker. I'm not a therapist. As much as I want to help somebody, I can't. They have to do the work. They have to stop 
self-destructing. So it's a better way today. The way that I've uh, been acquainted with the most, of course, is with visions. Visions is an extraordinary meeting. It's only a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, but it's very far ahead of its day, uh, ahead of its time. We're very blessed to be here and to learn how to live independently, relying on God in a really a treacherous disease. At the beginning, it's treacherous. In the middle, sometimes it's treacherous. And at the end, sometimes it's treacherous. So what? That's extraordinary that I can say that. I used to be an atheist. Not anymore. I have miracles, no matter what. And you can have them too. But you've got to work your butt off, and you can't lie. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next, we'll have Elena C., followed by Bar w. Barb W. Go ahead, Elena. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C., recovered in South Carolina. It is a beautiful paragraph, and the message that I hear from this paragraph is that, um, you know, the compassion, the compassion that is going to continue to help our recovery, my recovery, and um, just the fact that addiction is a family disease. It affects everyone, as we know, and I imagine there's a lot of, it would be, great to work with the family. Uh, it, would, it would be intriguing for me. I work with families um, at my job, and it's a really powerful interview. Everybody's willing. It's perhaps even more profound than just working with the person only. Um, you know, and they say, show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. So, um and focusing on the positive, that the gift of his sobriety, and then he almost needs to learn, or I needed to learn many things that I have not practiced before, and even the opposite. And the period of growth, if it was, it would be allowed for me, you know, and um with my higher power and with your help, there will be a period of growth for, for those around me. I am no longer tangled up in their business. Um, they cannot be tangled up in, my, in mine or they're not. And, you know, and so everybody is um, then embracing a journey with their own higher power to to come together at the end and, be better, you know, and the idea that <clears throat> when there is a family, if one member of the family is improving and uh, growing, the entire family, the other members can follow, but not all the time, not all the time, but this is possible because I always thought, you know, maybe that if they will get better, and then do what I wanted them to do, then I will follow and, you know, I will have the relationship of my dreams. And this program shows me that the relationship of my dreams, it has to be with my higher power and with parts of myself that need to be rearranged and integrated. 
in, or, in order for me to be good with the world around. And I'm very grateful for this realization and for you all and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Anasi. And next we have Barb W. Thank you for your service today. Thank you for everybody sharing this paragraph. Oh my gosh, um, I hadn't occurred to me that when I'm working with someone, I'm also working with all the lives that that life touches. Just as when I, when God had God's way with me, um, that my life changes and the lives around me, those lives that touch me are also impacted. Also brought to mind the principles, all kinds of principles. Um, when working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in the quarrels. And I think of surrender, and harmony, God-centeredness, humility, unity, all these things, and, and working with others that we're working with ourselves. That it's that it's um, securing and, and building on my spiritual life and program. Uh, you may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do, but urge upon a fam- man's family that he's not been a very that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. And I too, um, <laughs> kindness, tolerance, patience, principles, principles, and can I apply those to myself and to to my world as as I am encouraging? others. Um, You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. Page 70 of the big book. Um, We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill. What an opportunity for me to do that. What an opportunity. Um, I should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Again, opportunities to practice patience, diligence, and mercy. I'm sharing this with others, but it's as much to have myself hear it, show um, show them. I didn't at first. I was like, show them what? Show and tell what? How do I how do I show them that? And I I'm a means by which to show that. And I go to page 68 of the big book. Instead, we let God Him demonstrate through us what He can do. So it's modesty, selflessness, humility, accountability. This it, the principles can apply everywhere. I just it's just so packed. Um, as if to remember when they're impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety, and remembering, um, just like at the day, day's end, um, step 11 of gratitude, just for sobriety, for abstinence. Um, and here again, positive thinking, courtesy, courage, hope, and perseverance. So here we are today. Thank you, Vision. Thank you, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barb. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? On page 100, the second paragraph on working with the man and his family, just reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Sure, somebody wants to share on this paragraph. Chris G. Chris G. Jen P. Okay, can you say that again? The two people. Betsy P. Betsy P. Jen C. Jen C. Maybe a couple more. Robin P. 
Robin, please. <coughs> okay, we'll start with Chris G. followed by Betsy P. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, meeting and for your service. Uh, so it says, when working with a man and his family, you should not participate in their quarrels. And what does that word participate mean? Um, so for me, uh, it's uh, one listening to somebody go on and on and on about their complaints. And, um, and then participating could be taking a side, taking sides. Well, this one's right, that one's wrong. And like, like as if I know. And, and then uh, participate, I think this, this paragraph makes me think of uh, always listen when somebody's talking for the yes but. If there's a yes but in there, uh, then, then somebody's in denial or making excuses or justifying. And so the yes but, well, well he, he's doing this yes but, it's not enough. Yes, but it's not enough. Yes, but uh, you shouldn't eat chocolate. Yes, but I want to eat chocolate. You know, yes, but what's the yes, but? And uh, and the yes, but will lead you to the problem rather than and get away from what is the quarrel. So um, I always, uh, you know, if I can hear the yes, buts in my conversation, the, the yes, buts in my head, that is so, that is so helpful for me to, to move forward and grow. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christy. Uh, next, we'll have Betsy P. followed by Jen C. Betsy, star one to unmute. Good morning. Sorry, I forgot that I had muted myself again. Um, Betsy P. from South Carolina, recovered compulsive overeater, and very grateful to be on this meeting and grateful for everyone's service. Um, this paragraph, the first thing that this paragraph brought to my mind were, was the idea that um, these are things that I have been learning to um, try to, these are, um, behaviors I've been trying to learn to help myself and my own family to um, not to participate in their quarrels. You know, on page 84, it, it, at the bottom of the page, it says that we cease fighting. And then, um, of course, throughout every meeting I've ever been to and everything in the big book, I hear that I am to be helpful to my fellow man and, and that I... Um, Pray that God remove my defects of character so that I can be useful to him and my fellow man. And then it mentions the sick person. And, um, you know, that made me think about the sick person prayer, which I use continuously. And it goes on to say that we warn against arousing resentment or jealousy, which that resentment, that sick person prayer, of course, goes right along with that resentment. And um, so, and then um, the character defects are not going to disappear overnight. But every morning, every day, I get up and I ask God to remove my defects of character. 
um, the ones that stand in the way of my usefulness to him and my fellow man. And having done these things, um, I am in a period of growth and I, you know, that's another prayer I have is that I can continue to do these things so that I can continue to grow. Um, and so I, I think the point is that we, we are taught in the beginning. My sponsor taught me <clears throat> to try to do what this book tells me to do. And I you know, just made a commitment to myself when I asked her to sponsor me that I was going to do whatever she asked me to do. And so, actually, I think if I'm doing these things to the best of my ability, then then whatever family I'm around, particularly my own family, that's who I'm around a lot, but um, whatever family I'm around, um, these qualities okay. just kind of come through. Okay, well, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Betsy P. Next we'll have Jen C. followed by Robin P. Go ahead, Jen. Good morning. This is Jen C. from Ohio. And wow, what a great share before. Thank you. I love hearing all the shares. Um, what this paragraph brought to mind is um, I have a friend who has someone in their family who is suffering from this disease but has not come to the realization um, or has been diagnosed or whatever you want to call that. But um, I am trying to be very careful because she knows I'm in program. She's, she's talked to me about it. And um, I'm trying to be careful because she is very upset with this family member and angry. And I'm trying to be helpful to this person by, by talking about these um, character defects that not only have they not even begun to disappear, they're still in full bloom because the disease is raging in this person. And the only person that can get that person into recovery or into um, program is himself. And um, I, I've, I've tried to offer things to like meeting times or even just I told her, I said, use me, throw me under the bus if you want. Talk about my struggles. I don't mind being used as an example to a person who's not in program yet. So it's, I'm trying to be a light to a person that's far away from me, but I'm hoping um, to be careful with this family not to participate in the quarrels because there's a lot of frustration and I don't want to um, spoil that chance. And so lots of prayers for that family, and um, but I've never directly worked with any family of someone who's in program, but that's my only experience so far is this kind of satellite effect that I'm trying to have, but being careful not to take sides or um, cause any further resentment because that's something else I have to be careful with because they know there's an answer to this, and now they see that that person isn't even trying to find the answer. And we all know from being deep down at our bottom, it's hard to see that answer. And um, I really want to jump, jump in that hole with this person and help them out, but um, I have to be careful. And I hope God gives me the opportunity, if, if that's 
his will, and I passed. Thank you, Jen C. Next, we have Robin P. Hi, this is Robin P., and I am currently in Myrtle Beach, um, South Carolina, and I'm very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I've, I've sponsored, I've been absent over seven years, and I've sponsored a bunch of people over that time. And sometimes, you know, of course, family issues come up, especially when they're working the steps, and they get to practice these principles and all their affairs just like I do. And what I've found is that if people are willing to continue to work the steps, that these the worst things can become the best things, and that these huge um, growth spurts can happen, and um, and and these resolutions and peace and new behaviors and and new appreciations, new gratitude, just take patience, love, and tolerance, and kindness on everyone's part. And even in my own family, you know, uh, with my husband, um, you know, we went through a really, really hard time. And then um, we got divorced and we got um, remarried. And um, after I came into the program and he came into the program uh, several years ago, and it was a huge blessing of we both needed to just grow up. And, um, and it just takes patience. And as long as... You know, I always say you can either grow up or grow out, and um, I choose to grow up today. And I, I've experienced the same thing with sponsors. You know, if they're just willing to work the steps, all of this will change and, and grow, and this too shall pass. And we all just get to practice these principles in all of our affairs. So God bless everybody. It was a really blessed afternoon day I passed. Thank you, Robin P. Okay, for those who just joined us, we were on page 100, the second paragraph, when working with a man and his family. Who would like to share on that paragraph? Marion H. Ken W.H. Jennifer C. W.H. I'm sorry, the last name? Jennifer? No. Is it Jennifer? Maybe. I'll just say Jennifer H. We'll see. Anyone else? I guess we'll go with these three. Okay, Marion is next, followed by Ken W.H., followed by Jennifer. Go ahead, Marion. Yeah, good morning. This is Marion H. from Florida. I'm very grateful to be uh, with everyone. Thank you so much for everyone's share. I got so much out of it. I love, absolutely love, love this meeting. I need to know that I am a very sick person when it comes to food, and I need to know this, it, it will kill me. I have many defects of characters, and I need to work on this with my sponsor and myself and God. By working the steps, things will get better, but only if I stay away from sugar and flour with God's help. I will have a, a period of growth and I will have sobriety as long as I keep close to God. And everyone have a beautiful, blessed day, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Marion H. Next we have Ken W.H., followed by Jennifer C. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you. This is Ken W.H., Recover Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. This is a, a difficult paragraph uh, for me today. Um, this was written a long time ago. Things were different. 
So uh, society has changed a great deal about this. But one thing I'm aware of is that um, I'm going to have a really tough time helping someone's family if my own family is a mess. If my own family is not supporting me, how am I going to offer really much of anything to uh, my sponsee's family uh, if I really don't know what a healthy family looks like? Uh, So part of what's happened for me over the years is that I have received tremendous support from my partner in life, and she has made every effort to learn about this disease and to support me. She asks a lot of questions, and that's wonderful. The fact that she's interested helps me tremendously. It helps me to speak out my recovery. And um, she is also open to and would listen to just about anybody who um, is a family member of a compulsive eater who just needs to talk to somebody who who lives with a recovering compulsive overeater. It ain't easy, (laughs) she'll tell you. Uh, I'm not the easiest to get along with all the time, especially if I don't want to answer the question. Or the question just cuts right to my heart and uh, convicts me. Those are tough times, but those are the times when I really grow in leaps and bounds. So The family needs to be approached uh, through the compulsive eater, I think, and uh, be invited to talk to someone who who knows what that side of the the disease is like and what it's like to live with one of us. Um, So I just, you know, find out who's open to listening. but by all means, I do not get in the middle of somebody's argument. That's called triangulation, and it's very dangerous. Uh, I just asked the police about domestic arguments. <laughs> um, they are dangerous. So uh, I stay out of those, uh, let them work it through. Um, but I just support, pray, and uh, I try to love them best I know how. So thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Ken W. And next we have Jennifer C. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. (sighs) Jennifer C., Greenville, South Carolina. Um, You know, what this is all about here, both the paragraph before this one and this this whole process that we're reading through, you know, we're, we're slowly becoming more and more convinced that God's will and God's ways are just better. Um, we have to be convinced first with the food. Um, God's will, God's ways are better, period. Um, I used to think freedom was just being able to loosey-goosey my abstinence and just have just enough abstinence to not binge, right? But not be all in with the scale. Like, who needs a scale? Who needs to do that? I don't. Maybe all of you do, but I don't. That's ridiculous. And then I slowly but surely become convinced that discipline is actually better. 
the more discipline I have in my life today, the more free I actually am. What a, uh, what a revelation that has been. Um, and, you know, this paragraph points out that the character defects that come up, right, aren't going to disappear overnight. What character defects, right? Like I'm talking about my husband here. I'm talking about his character defects. This has nothing to do with my character defects. And then it's the sponsor's position to say, hey, guess what? This is about your character defects. Um, and this is about growth and spiritual progress and learning um, how to surrender yourself to God and how to keep your mouth shut. I didn't know it was about my character defects. I remember. I remember having such a hard time keeping the food down. I could not keep the food down. And I had an argument with my husband and I called my sponsor and I thought she was going to say, wow, you know, that's a tough situation. And you know what she said? She said, Jennifer, this is all you, honey. This is all you. And let me show you how and why. And she play by play showed me like how it was about me. And I couldn't believe it. I was so drunk on food. I couldn't see the true from the false. And so thank you, God, that your ways are better. Thank you that God's will really is better. It does start with the food. I have to surrender my will around food, and I have to trust that God's will is better. The prescription that we get in this program for sobriety is better, and we have to go to any length for that abstinence. And so the blessed fact of sobriety, let me never forget it. And when I get all disgruntled that I'm not growing as quickly as I want to be and I still see these ugly defects coming up, just let me forget, wait a second. I'm not abusing food today. That's a miracle. And every day that we're not abusing food is truly a miracle. Thank you all for being here this morning. With that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph on page 100, starting with when working with a man and his family? Again, we're on page 100, the second paragraph, reading the entire paragraph, starting with when working with a man and ending with blessed fact of his sobriety. Penny P, Oklahoma. Penny P, okay. Anyone else? Aaron K. Aaron K. Yes, No, there's somebody else who wants to share. We'll start with Penny P and then MK and then open it up. Go ahead, Penny P. Penny P, Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater. 
when working with others and their families, it's important for me to look for cues of the when to share my experience, strength, and hope about my family as I got abstinent, went to treatment, and it's important to go to a meeting with them over the phone. So that means I go to their house and go to a meeting with the the person. And then sometimes the family member would join in. That was my experience lately is the family member joined into the meeting and that helped them to support their family member that was getting abstinent. That is a sticky situation uh, all the way around and it's different than when the book was written but it's also the same about feelings and just to wait for a cue when I can share about how my family members are and were. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks moderator and thanks everyone for being here. Thank you, Penny P. And next we'll have Erin Kay. Good morning, everybody. This is Erin Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, yeah, so I, the way that I refrain from participating in anyone's quarrels or drama um, and spoiling my chance of being helpful is just to remember I, I have experience that I'm supposed to share but I don't get to have opinions, really. Um, and when I start expressing opinions, there's a, you know, there's a, a higher chance that I'm gonna spoil my chance of being helpful. Um, and then the, the second half of this paragraph, you know, he's a very sick person, um, point out defects of character not going to disappear overnight, that we're in a period of growth, I mean, I, I think that um, I need reminding about this when I'm, you know, in conflict with my husband or you know a family member, and I think you know when we, when when sponsees call me or fellows call me in the middle of, you know, a similar situation, I think the most helpful thing we can do is remind them of this about themselves. Um, you know, hey, your your defects are not going to disappear overnight. Um, you're in a period of growth, and and growth and change is, you know, it's um, it's not always linear. It's it's definitely not painless. And we can easily, I can easily get impatient and just want, you know, everything to be fixed and better and uh, perfect like yesterday. Um, and I I think the blessed fact that we can navigate these situations in our lives sober. I mean, that it's pretty incredible. I, I was reflecting on that exact concept um, this morning about I had a really rough day at work and um, in the past that would have been a total excuse, you know, to 
to feed all my negative emotions, my self-pity with by coming home and binging. And I came home and ate, you know, my planned abstinent meal. And um, that is a blessed fact. So I'll, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Erin Kay. All right, we have time for about three more shares. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Carmela G. Carmela G. Barbara A. Barbara A. And Amy G. Okay, let's start with that. Okay, Carmela G. Barbara A. And Amy D. Go ahead, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everyone on the line. Um, Carmela G. Gratefully recovered for today. I just recently celebrated my 10th anniversary, and I went back to my very first meeting to celebrate, uh, which, thank God, is still in in, um, operation. And it just so happened that there was a brand-new comer at that meeting, and it was her first day that she chose to come into OA. And... The room was full, and it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration. It was a gift that God gave me, a miracle, a miracle of 10 years. And one of my former sponsees was there, and she shared how I sponsored her. And I returned to that meeting this past weekend just to visit them and um study the big book with them. We did the 12 and 12 this past week. And the newcomer was still there, and she came over to me. And she said, thank you. Thank you. You give me hope. And I realized in this journey and this reading is telling us we must live our life. To live our life, and be a living, walking example of all the principles of our book. We read, we learn, but we must absorb. And early, early on, I said, love can't fix this. I could love someone and want them to get this, but that's not going to do it. It must come from within them. And in order to get it to be within them, I must be a living example. So I must live my life of love, kindness, going out of my way to help someone extend that hand, as our founder said. So that's what I get out of that reading today is every day I must be a living example in this journey to a family to those suffering and pray that they will have it in their heart to want to journey. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. Next, we'll have Barbara followed by Amy G. Go ahead, Barbara. Hey, good morning, everybody. Barbara P. from Atlanta, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And when working with a a woman or a man and, and their family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. And I think about what that means. And I think for me, when people were working with me, the main thing was 
yeah, not I have plenty I have plenty of friends, girlfriends I can call and they'll say, He did that and she did what and you know, in any relationships and that was not what I needed. Really what program and my sponsor and my village gave me are people who didn't participate, who didn't just buy in and say, Oh, that's terrible, I'd be mad too but people who help me understand my part. And that is the 10th step. Now, it's hard, like if I'm sponsoring and somebody's in the first step, I can't take them right to a 10th. But, but, you know, I can remember, like, we are very sick when we come in, and I'm still very sick. And there's a gentleness to this that I can use. And I can assure them they're on a period of growth. Can you even put that aside for a little bit, a little while, just work on the food, particularly when someone's in detox? You know, the husband gets much worse when we're in detox. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. Can I just use that gentleness to say, you're going to have the tools? And I really do believe the tool is the 10th step. I know it changed, you know, four through nine, changed my entire view of my relationship with my husband. And it did transform that relationship it, because I could see what I was doing. I could see my part, what I was wanting, what I was striving for, and that this man was really doing what he could. But I was not accepting him at all. I could see my part. Anyway, so I think we do work with a family, and we do by helping people with 10 steps, by helping people know, yep, we're sick, we just need a little time. And can you be patient with both yourself and your family while you're in this recovery process? Until you get to that 10th step, really. The 10th then begins to solve a lot of these problems. So I don't know. I think we do a lot of work with families. We just may never talk to them. Funny, I did have someone's husband call me and just say, here, can you talk to her, please? And he handed the phone to the the person. So I think he did have a sense that maybe we could be helpful in a way that the family couldn't. Um, anyway, that's it. I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Barbara P. And next we have Amy T. Good morning. My name is Amy T. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for such a wonderful meeting and everyone's service today. Um, I kind of smile when I read this period of growth scenario here. I mean, when are we not in a period of growth when it comes to this program of recovery? The saying in the rooms is that, you know, you can only coast downhill. I think we're always in a period of growth. And as a sponsor, I'm also humbly always recognizing that I'm not only helping others to grow, I need to also continue to grow in my process. And this whole idea of abstinence, I know we talk a lot about that abstinence is not enough. But the funny thing is, and I think it's alluding to it here in this paragraph, is that I have to be abstinent in order to know that it isn't enough, right? I have to get there. I have to have that sobriety, that being restored to sanity that step two talks about when it comes to the food so I can even come close to recognizing that I need to change and I need to work on those character defects. And and what a beautiful thing. I mean, in working with others and, and recognizing it, I'm, I'm constantly telling this to sponsees too, in the sense that what a beautiful thing that we now recognize and are willing to change for the better. When, when I'm in the food, I don't know about you all, but when I'm compulsively, when I was compulsively eating, all I cared about was me, myself, and I. I didn't know I needed to change. I had no clue about what was going on with me. 
And because of this beautiful program and being able by God's grace and mercy to put the food down, be it in 12 steps, I now recognize the need for change. And I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do the work. Why? Because I see the beauty and the results in those who had gone before of what it is to live a life via these 12 steps, particularly 10, 11, and 12. What, what an incredible revelation. Over and over again, working with sponsees is that recognition of a willingness to change for the better and to do better in our families. I mean, this is what made AA explode in its early decades was not just about sobriety, but the recognition and the reconciliation of families and marriages. I mean, if, if I stay sober and I stay abstinent by virtue of wanting to change myself, my sponsor constantly reminded me that if I continue to change by virtue of changing myself, my family and my relationships will get better. And that's what I always do. I constantly with sponsees, it doesn't matter. They may be wicked angry about some situation and some person and that thing, but my focus is always on them and their behavior. I'm always bringing it back to what is it about them that they can do because they can't fix, change, or cure anyone else, right? But through these 12 steps, we can work on what it is they need to work on, what God wants them to work on so that we can together change for the better. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Uh, today's share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,538. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And would Danny P. please read Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Julie. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you, Team Tuesday, for your service. Thank you for all the wonderful shares. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you. For you and countless others, this is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely 